chapter 8, he talks about, um, in verse 31, he says, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples. But in verse 29 or 30, he says, he spoke to all those that believed. The place was full of believers, but he ended up with 12 disciples. He, the, the place was filled with believers, and he ended up with 120 people in the upper room at the end of the day. You know, because what we're going to talk about today is faith, and we're going to talk about how faith is the most rare and precious thing on the earth. It's very rare. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 8, he said, talking about the Gentile centurion, he said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Well, he preached the first seven chapters. He, the Bible says in Matthew 4, 23, he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. For, so for those people that teach that Jesus was preaching the Old Testament, you better read your Bible again. You know, he didn't, just, he didn't take away the law. He fulfilled the law. The Ten Commandments are still relevant today. They're just written on your heart. Boiled down into love God and love your neighbor, right? But to think that he, you know, well, we're not under the law, we're under grace. Well, that's true. It's the grace that gives you the power to overcome the enemy's attacks against you. So, so anyway, but in, that, in Hebrews, we are going to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. But on the way there, we need to stop at Hebrews 11, 1. Because Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is a substance. There's a substance to faith, and it gives substance to the things that are hoped for, and it gives the evidence of things not yet seen. See, anything that you can see, you don't need faith for. I said, anything that you can see, you don't have faith for. In Hebrews 11.6, he said, without faith, it's impossible. We can just stop right there. Without faith, everything is impossible. But, with, but, but see, he goes on to say you believe that he exists, but then that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So no opposition, no reward. So if you don't like opposition, don't expect a reward. If, if faith was easy, everybody would do it. And lot, lots of people, Jesus kept talking about you know, a short burst of faith. O ye of little faith. He was looking for faith. And in, in Luke 18, verse 6, he said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And the answer is, it's very rare. It's like Peter 1, 4, exceeding great and precious promises, only if you make them precious. If they're not precious to you, the promises won't be fulfilled. So, you know, so you need to make these things, you need to apprehend the one that apprehended you and need to realize that there's nothing more precious on this earth than your faith. There's nothing more valuable. There's nothing... And here, you only get a chance to develop it here. You won't get a chance to develop it when you go to heaven. No opposition there. How many of you know there's no opposition there? How many of you are glad about that? Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, please. In verse uh, 3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as is meet because your faith grows. Look at this. Your faith grows exceedingly. How does it grow? Through food and use, just like your body. You got to feed it. That's why he said in, 
in John 8, 31, if you'll continue, my, he, there's all kinds of believers around there, but he said, very few of them will be my disciples because you have to continue in my word to be my disciples indeed. I mean, if you want to know what that involves, read 2 Corinthians chapter 2 sometimes. He said, you're going to have to be like a soldier. You have to be like a farmer. You have to be like an athlete. How many of you know that you, you watch an athlete on the field, a well-trained athlete, the reason why he's a, a great athlete is because he's well-trained. <laughs> it didn't just happen. Like sometimes being a Christian is so, it, it can be boring to get up and make confessions over yourself every day. It can be boring to read chapters, especially like right now in Isaiah when it's all, you know, <laughs> there's nothing cheerful about it. Why are you doing it? Because of the discipline, because disciple is a disciplined one. And, and, and I know there's all kinds of people. If I ask how many of you believe in God, how many of you are people of faith, you'd all go raise your hands up. But, but are you? Are you? Because real faith is proven when the tough times come. It's not proven when things are going easy. <laughs> Yes, I'm believing God by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's make sure that we are, and let's make sure that we grow in this deal. Let's grow it. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren. It's necessary because your faith grows exceedingly. And the love of, look at this. Uh-oh. And the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. So the evidence of you walking by faith is, could it be love? And could it be humility? The pride of man is the nature of Satan. The humility of God is how he wants us to operate. That's why he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly, I'm humble. God is humble and the devil is proud. So anytime you see somebody operating in pride, matter of fact, I was thinking about it when I was looking at this yesterday and I thought, I know hundreds of people that aren't in this church today because of pride. There ain't nobody going to tell you what to do. No, sir, not even God. Then, God. then God said it this way through the Apostle Paul. He said, if you won't submit yourself to a man that you can see, don't try to tell me that you're going to submit yourself to me, only if I'm saying what's pleasing and strokeable to you, right? Oh, don't get saucy. Okay, but let's read on, let's read on a little further. Love of, for one and see, okay, I'm operating in faith because if I am, I'm going to love you. One toward each other, and it's abounding. My faith is growing. My love is growing. Everything is going good until you say something that offends me. No, no. Verse 4, so that we ourselves glory in you. The faith and the glory connection is there too because, you know, Romans 1.16, he says, that herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And, but then in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he talks about being changed from one glory to another. So you can't separate the faith from the glory either. You can't accept the faith separated from humility. You can't separate it from patience. You can't stop. You can't separate it from, uh, uh, well, I'm just believing God, but I don't like you. There's something about you that just ticks me off. <laughs> I know none of you ever think like that. Maybe you're ticked off at me right now for talking about this. I don't know. Yeah. But look at this. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God 
in your patience, there it is, and faith, and in all your (laughs) persecutions and tribulations that you endure. What does faith look like? I was hoping you'd ask. I know we've been looking at these these verses for a little bit, but let's look again. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Oh, hallelujah. Put this on your fridge. We always carry about the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. I like the the Passion Translation. Though we experience every kind of pressure, you experience every kind of pressure, and and my Bible tells me that you shouldn't think it's strange because it's happening to all your brethren. You don't think that you're some kind of unique case. Your case is not unique, and God didn't say, wow, I wasn't prepared for that. Had no idea your problem was so serious. Wow, you really are a special case. No, you're not. You're special, but not a case. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others. It could happen in church. But God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not knocked out. We continually share the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider, living to, we consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus can be revealed in us. You know, lots of people, you just need to go find your death certificate. No, I'm serious, because you, if you can find your death certificate, then you can find out where you're buried. When you, once you realize that you're, you're dead and you're buried in Christ, then you can really start to live. But lots of times you say, oh, God, you don't know what I did. Yeah, he does. That's why he went to the cross. <laughs> Let's go to Romans chapter 4, please. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, before whom he believed even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, and that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. And now think about that. He didn't, what does faith look like? Every day he got up and he saw the wrinkles in the mirror. Every day he got up and he had aches and pains that he didn't have 10 years ago. Every day he looked at his wife and said, she couldn't have a baby when before menopause. She should, you know, what are the chances now? No, see, faith does not consider the circumstances. Faith considers the word of God. So, no, but it's like if you're believing God for healing, like I came off some of the medication I've been on on Wednesday, and I've been whoop, whoop, whoop ever since. But thank God we're off it. But, but, the, but the point is, I, I, don't, I, I can't spend my time considering my own body. I consider his body hanging on a tree for me. 
looking on to him, the author and the finisher of my faith. I can't even brag on my own faith. He gave it to me <laughs> by his grace. <laughs> and through faith, it's not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest any man can brag about it. See, th that real humility realizes you got nothing to brag about. <laughs> you know, with, with him, you're everything. Without him, you're zero. You're no hero. You're a zero when you're w without him. So those are the kind of things that we need to think about. And this is what it says about him. It says he felt, he felt his body every day. He, he saw the wrinkles. <laughs> but becoming, and it's genomai, becoming not weak in faith... He considered not his own body. And how, how was it? Now dead. <laughs> and, he, and he was 100 years old. No, but think about it. Galatians 3.29 says, If any man be in Christ, he's Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. In Genesis 12, 3 says that Abraham was blessed to be a blessing to the nations. Guess what? You're blessed to be a blessing to the nations when you stop considering your own circumstances, your own situation. That's the pride of man. It's what about me? What about me? No, it's what about him? <laughs> Humility. But let's read on here. He considered not his own body, now dead, being 100 years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. No, menopause was long gone. And like I said, she couldn't have a baby beforehand. It's amazing to me that God always starts with a barren situation. I don't care if it's Elizabeth. I don't care if you go back in the Old Testament to Rebecca or, or some, of the, some of the women in the Old Covenant. It was always a barren situation was when he showed up. Samuel's mom. Couldn't have any babies. After she had Samuel, she had a bunch of them, right? But this is the way God operates. He, why? Because he wants you to recognize that without him, you can do nothing, but with him, all things are possible. He said, I want you to understand that you will get what your faith expects. And so I want you to study the word that you could change your expectation. It's like I mentioned on Thursday night, talking about Rick and Denise Renner and uh, how they had planned a, a vacation. Now, they have a huge staff. I mean, their, their church is now in Red Square, but they go across eight time zones all the way into China. So they have a large staff, and they promised their staff that they were taking them all to Sumatra for a Christmas vacation. Yay, we're going to Sumatra, yay, down to the beach. And somewhere along Christmas morning, he called and canceled the whole trip. And everybody was mad at him. If you were his staff and he promised you that, and you, what do you mean? I've been waiting all year for this. Well, you're not going. The next day, they were so glad they didn't go. The next day, when 350,000 people died, not 250, 350, and not one animal. How could that possibly be not one animal? Because animals still have their senses. My Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter 5 that I can, I can ha have my own senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Um, Proverbs 27, 12 says that when God will give you that impulse, that, that thing that we talked about on Thursday night, 
what is that? Well, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Something told me. No, someone told you. All of the animals listened. The humans were too dull of hearing to hear that, what he was saying. He said, he said, a foolish man will walk on and be punished. But I have the idea, because I know God's character, I know his nature. I know his nature, and I know that he would warn everyone. Everyone had a knowing in there somewhere that this was not a good time to travel. But they traveled anyway. And then what happens? It's like I said before, if Rick and Denise and their, all of their ministry friends had died there, y'all been, uh, not you all, you all would be saying, wonder why God took them home. Listen, God is faithful. He, he's never, ever, ever the problem. Never, ever, ever will he leave you, fail you, or forsake you. So if, if you miss God, it wasn't his fault. Say it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. <laughs> Let's go to Peter 1.5. By the way, he became fully persuaded. There's a great definition of faith, Romans 4.21. He became fully persuaded. That's what faith is. You're fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's also, and here's the cool thing. He's cool. To, he's the one that performs it. All you got to do is believe it. Believe it and receive it. He said what he had promised, what God promised me, he's faithful to perform. I realized that I'm 100 years old and I'm not going to have another baby. And, but I believe God. I tried, it, I tried it my own way earlier with Ishmael. And the trouble that that caused in the Middle East, <laughs> we're still living with today. I did it in my way. Wow, what a mess. What a mess. Don't get in the mess. Okay, let's go. Where did I say Peter 1? Beginning in verse 5. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And so what are we going to do? We're in, we greatly, look at this, we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, we're in heaviness through manifold temptations, tests and trials. What are you supposed to do when trouble comes? Rejoice. That's the, you, you want to give an expression of faith, begin to praise God when all hell is breaking loose against you, when you're perplexed, confused, in despair. Wherein you greatly rejoice, greatly rejoice. Unmoved by what you see, you greatly rejoice, though if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, tests, and trials. That the trial of your faith, being more precious, more rare, faith, real faith is rare. Real faith you don't see very much of, it's rare. Hallelujah, it's rare. He said it's rare, it's precious. It's like, it's like you're going to celebrate God like you just won the lottery. And you haven't got a, enough money at the end of the month to pay your bills. What am I supposed to do? Rejoice. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
Hallelujah, how do I get the breakthrough? You, you breakthrough. You know, we're waiting for God to bring a breakthrough. I think Pastor Paul really learned Thursday night, no one has said restore uh, Isaiah 41. Say it every day. Thank you, Lord, for restoration of everything that's ever been stolen from me in my life. Thank you, Lord. You said that if I knew who the thief was, he'd have to pay back sevenfold. I know who the thief is. You said that the thief came not for but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But you came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. I don't have to wonder where sin, sickness, or, or death comes from. He came to steal, kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Experience the abundant life. And again, it's not by feeling. What's it by? It's rejoicing when you don't feel like it. Abraham considered not his own body. Can you imagine? You can't even imagine being that old and God telling you you're going to have a child. Right? But that's what he did. Abraham was a man just like you, just like me. Sarah was just, any wonder Sarah laughed when she heard you're going to have a, have a daughter or have a son. She laughed. She said, no, I didn't laugh. But she laughed. I would have laughed too. You're kidding me, man. I couldn't get pregnant when I was 20. Now you tell me I'm going to have a child when I'm 90. That's what he told her. Yeah, but they staggered not at the promises of God. Some people have stagger knots. <laughs> Don't be a stagger knot. Be the one that's fully persuaded that what God has promised. If, he's, if you can find a promise in here, pertaining to your life, then he's no respecter of persons. If he did it for one, he must do it for you. If he did it for one, he must, he will do it for you. And he's not obligated. He's not under any obligation. He said, I want to reward those that diligently seek me. He said, I want to bring you a reward. Mm -hmm. Okay, verse... Uh, Said that the verse seven that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold, than perishes, though it be tried with fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew all about this. Tried with fire, they walked through the fire and they weren't burned. There was a fourth man in the fire. There's a fourth man in your fire. They came out and they didn't smell like smoke. Hallelujah! You you'll come out too if you if you'll believe, trust God then you'll come out of whatever situation you're in right now, and we won't be able to smell the smoke on you. Doesn't matter what it looks like. What did it look like to Abraham? If you had a seen Abraham coming staggering in here, well, you know, who knows what he looked like when he come in, and he's saying, I'm going to be the father of a multitude. This is what faith does. Faith, faith sees the impossible. Faith sees the invisible. If it's possible, then you could do it for yourself. One eight again, he says, I'm unmoved by what I see. I'm unaffected by what I feel. Not moved by what I see and not affected by what I feel. What feelings have to do with it? That I might be found, that, that even though I'm tried by fire, that it might be found Praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Show me your glory. Next time they sing that, meditate this verse. Whom having not seen, uh-oh, 
you love. You're in love with somebody you can't see. How weird are you? And how do we know that you believe? In whom, though now you have not seen him, yet believing, what's a believer look like? Yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Your faith was full of glory. Your faith and your glory can't be separated. No, but he said, he said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Hebrews 2.10 says, the captain of our salvation came to restore money, many sons back to glory. And he said, as surely as I live, my glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You're his glory. And, and operating in the faith realm is, is demonstrating his glory to those around you. Hallelujah. No, but that's right. You don't need to see him to get happy. I mean, if you really, we shouldn't even be able to stay in our seats when we come in here on a Sunday morning. I'm serious. Because, oh, we got a little week ahead. Oh, glory to God. Sing me happy. Somebody make me happy. I know none of you feel like that. No, all of you feel like that. I watch it every Sunday morning. <laughs> you don't know the week I had. Well, if you were rejoicing in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, then I would know what kind of week you have. You'd be strong in faith, believing that what God has promised, He's also able to perform. I remember we went back in 2018, we went over to Minnesota to watch the Vikings play a football game. Let me tell you something. My throat was sore from yelling. Last Sunday it was so sore from yelling at a TV screen watching a football game. Then why do you come in here and sit down? Well, right now I'm just walking, working through my medication, but I promise you, I'm going to do laps around this place. And you better join me or I'm going to come and get you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I got to read, read this from the Passion Translation. Well, it might not be the Passion Translation. I've got a bunch of translations. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of his, may the thought of this rather cause you to jump for joy. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. <laughs> okay, I got one jumper. <laughs> Even though lately... You've had to put up, a, you know, everybody's had to put up with the last two, three years. It changed the church forever. It changed the way we do business forever. But the best is yet to be. All we saw so far is what the devil did. We haven't seen what God's about to do. But, you know, I don't think we have to wait. I think we can, we can help it along by jumping into, stepping into, running into his glory. Amen. <laughs> Try it again. 
May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. No, the reason why you're not jumping is you never thought of it. <laughs> he said, the thought of this will cause you to jump for joy. Your salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. Revealed in the last time, not revealed in heaven. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's no enemies in heaven. Lately, you've had to put up with much grief and many trials. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. I said even gold is refined by fire. A little bit of fire wouldn't hurt you. Matter of fact, when they refined gold back in the day, they kept pulling it, taking away the dross until the, the, the refiner could see his reflection in the gold. Yeah. And so if you're going through stuff, the faster you go through, the more he'll see his reflection in you, and you can get out of that. <laughs> no, but even in, even in Peter chapter 5, he said, after you've suffered a while, I will make you perfect. I will establish. I will strengthen. I will settle you. After what? After you've suffered, find a note where you're buried. Get in your death certificate out. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Well, who's that sitting up in the coffin? Sure look like you. Your authentic faith will be a result. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. I don't know what song Willow and Stephen and them have planned for. They, they had one song left when I interrupted but I'm hoping that they've got something that will interrupt our thoughts and, and we can go to here with a shout. We don't have to go the way we came in. Amen. You love him passionately, although you have not seen him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with ecstatic joy and indescribably sublime and immersed in glory. So take a look around. I look, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I see you all there right now. Amen. <laughs> how about uh, how about Peter uh, chapter four? I like verse twelve. Beloved, don't think it's strange. What's the first thing that happens when something goes wrong in your life? You think it's strange. Or I hope you just don't say, "Why, God, why did you let this happen? <laughs> because, look, again, if you can just establish the fact that he is faithful, that he will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you, you can put your, you can put your trust in him. Sometimes you can't trust yourself. But he even said in his word, he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. When you take in the word of God, it brings life into you. Matter of fact, Proverbs 3 says, life and health to all of your flesh. Hallelujah. So, so take your medicine. Anyway, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is, to try, which is to try you. So guess what? If you're not in it, it's coming. 
And if you're in it and just got through it, get ready, something else coming. <laughs> because you're being changed from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness. And every time you have to overcome something, every time you op- overcome opposition, you get a reward. The reward of him that diligently seeks you. And the best reward you can ever get is him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You're my reward. He said it was a fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. And then you want to call a friend and tell them how you're feeling and get some sympathy. And then they'll say, yeah. But usually if you call a friend and looking for sympathy, they'll wait till you're done with your story and then they'll tell you theirs. Because theirs is worse, right? Misery loves company, don't you know? (laughs) But if you say, hey, I can't listen to that, my my ear's not a garbage can. If you got nothing good to say, don't say anything. If you're not calling me up because this is the day the Lord has made and you're rejoicing and glad in it, then don't don't make me mad. Be glad. This is the day. What day is that? It could be the 18th of September. This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, what should I do? Yeah. Rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be sad. No, rejoice and be mad. Glad. No. But rejoice in so much as you're a partaker of Christ's suffering, that when when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you're reproached in the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory of God rests upon you. Whew. Spirit of the glory of God. Do I have that in another translation? Yes. Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as though something strange were overwhelming you. Instead, continue to rejoice for you in a measure have shared in the sufferings of the, the anointed one so that you can share in the revelation of his glory. Celebrate with even greater gladness. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are greatly blessed because the spirit of glory and power who is the spirit of God rests upon you. Don't consider the bath of fire that you're going through to be something unusual or an extraordinary thing has happened to you. Instead, let the fact that you were sharing in the sufferings of Christ be a source of real joy for you. And then at the unveiling of his glory, your joy will be simply out of this world. You are especially fortunate when you catch hell because of being a Christian. That's a sign of the beautiful spirit of God resting upon you and dwelling in your heart. He said, when you catch a little hell, rejoice. Who was, it, who was it that sang that song, When You're Going Through Hell, Don't Stop? Yeah, that was a good song. Lots of people don't want to stop. Lots of people want to stop and camp out. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. The key word there is go through. If you're going through, then just get on with it. If you're still going through it after 20 years, it's about time you got through. Just, just believe in God. Well, are you really? <laughs> are you really? 
How about um, James 4, verse 5. Do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit of God dwells in us and he, he, he lusts to envy? In other words, if you give him an hour, he wants two. If you give him two, he wants four. It's like what Seymour said back in Azusa Street. He said, God, I'm praying five hours. What, what do you want me to do now? God said, pray seven. And I don't know anybody's praying seven, ever, seven hours, but I know that, that what happened when he did that shook the world a hundred years later, still shaken from what happened in Azusa Street. Amen? Because one man... They gathered around with a bunch of others and got them all on the same page. James 4 and verse 5. So don't think it's strange when the Holy Ghost is after you. But look at this. But he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And what I like about this verse is, is, is if he's Lord, you're not. No, but that's humility. He's Lord, I'm not. And because, because he's the judge, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm amazed when I read my Bible and I see all the way up to chapter 8 in, in Matthew, he, he's, he's preaching plainly. The Bible says he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is good news from the battlefield. Christ won. He began to preach that before the cross. But then by the time you get to Matthew 13, he starts preaching in parables because there was nobody getting it. Mark 4, he started teaching in parables because there was nobody getting it. Luke chapter 7, he started preaching in parables because there was nobody getting it. He said, I can't find faith anywhere in Israel. It's such a rare commodity because they come and they want what I have. They come and they want the blessing, but they don't want to pray the price, right? So he says here, he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud. In other words, he resists pride. He resists pride. And again, the pride of man is the, the nature of Satan. You want to know where pride came from? Adam got it when he bowed his knee to Satan, and it passed through the whole, the whole human race after that. That's why you have to learn humility, because pride's natural. Humility is supernatural, but pride is natural. Who do they think they are talking to me like that? I know none of you ever thought like that, right? None of you ever think like that. You just hover a little bit off the ground and float from place to place. He gives grace. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He resists pride. He fights against pride. But then he, then he begins to talk about humility. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. That's humility. And then you resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. I like that. But let's go, to, let's go over to, um, is it Peter? Yeah, Peter, Second Peter. We, we pray Second Peter. First Peter, rather, we pray it every day at our house. These verses, some of these verses are very familiar, but I try not to let them get too familiar because then you 
let them slip. Peter, where did I say Peter, right? We already read that. It can't be Peter 4. It's got to be Peter chapter 5. Yeah. Oh, I got a good translation of this. Verse 5, it says, let the younger submit yourselves to the elder. Uh-oh. Submit yourselves unto the elder. Yet each one of you be subject to one another and clothed with humility. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, of the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. How? By casting all of your care upon him, because he cares for you. Then he's going to say, be sober and vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may devour. But you resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that these same afflictions, everybody say, same afflictions, are being worked out in all of us. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered death, after you have suffered a while, he'll make you perfect, strengthen, establish, and settle you. Another translation says, similarly, you believers, cooperate with your pastors. All of you should wear the genes of gentleness, because God has set himself against the arrogant and gives his favor to the humble. So then bring yourselves low under the hand of Almighty God that he may stand you on your feet at the proper time. Give him all your problems. You mean so much to him. Sober up and get with it. The roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, is stalking around looking for someone to devour. Put steel in your faith and stand up to him, realizing that the brotherhood in other parts of the world are enduring the same kind of persecution. After you've taken it for a while, God will, in all of his kindness through Christ, who invited you into this marvelous realm, will make you will personally make you secure and give you vigor and undergird you with his might. Well, I know I, I just got a letter from uh, from Ed Dixon over in Ukraine uh, yesterday. For those of you that aren't aware, we send money from the church over there every month now, and uh, he he sent me this uh, uh, email and he said, Gary, he said you wouldn't even he said I've never seen anything like this in my life. He said, every church is full. People are getting born again by the thousands and thousands. And so you're praying, God, I hope it doesn't take that in North America. I hope we can get it going before all the trouble starts. <laughs> Aren't you? Say, say, yeah, I'd like that. Huh? No, but I mean, his, God's plan for us is to be changed from glory to glory into his image and into his likeness. Not from persecution to trial to bad stuff and worse stuff. He said, I want you to be changed from glory to glory. That's, that's one stage of glory to another stage of glory. That sounds pretty excellent to me. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.